Welcome to the Generations United podcast, where we share insights from experts in the intergenerational field about how these practices improve the lives of children, youth, and older adults, and also the communities where they reside, where they live, that they call home. I'm your host, Donna Butts, Executive Director of Generations United. And I'm very excited because for this podcast episode, we have three guests rather than just one. So it will be, I think, three times as much fun and and three times as interesting. Two of the guests are from zero to three. Rebecca Parlakian and Kathy Kinsner. Rebecca serves as the Senior Director of Programs, and Kathy is the Senior Manager of Parent Resources. Our third guest is Althea Sachs, a grandparent in the Los Angeles area. So we actually have someone who can talk about from experience, which is absolutely fabulous. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Well, you know, we love Zero to Three at Generations United, and we love our partnerships with you. We love what we've learned from you. And one of the things that we've learned is we used to always just talk about children and young people and older adults, but we also work to be very inclusive of babies now. And I always think about the story mm. that I loved from a intergenerational shared site that was child care and older adult residents, including a dementia ward. And every day they would bring the babies over to the the dementia ward and let the older adults mm-hmm. hold and, and cherish them. And there was one woman who would be fairly lethargic most of the time. But as soon as they brought the babies in, she would perk up and she'd say, oh, be joyful. Mm-hmm. The babies are here. <laughs> Perfection. Yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. I think it, that really demonstrates just the incredible connection that there can be between generations. And I always say also, it's a good example of you can volunteer at any age. Absolutely. And that the bond, those bonds are really meaningful on both sides for both the older adult and for the child. My mother-in-law also has Alzheimer's and in her memory care floor, they do field trips with a local preschool. They come in and they do music activities and it is a highlight of the day for those children to come in and they just bring a life and an energy to the space that's a sight to behold. That's great to hear, Rebecca. Thank you. So what I wanted to start with today is that you folks were just partners with us on Grandparents Day, which was on September yeah. 8th. Uh, that's a really big day for us. Since 2012, we've spearheaded our Grandparents Day campaign, encouraging grandparents, grandchildren, and grandfriends to do something grand together. And we were thrilled that one of our longtime partners in that work has been Zero to Three, and that this year you use Grandparents Day to do a new national survey about the important role that grandparents are playing in providing child care for their grandchildren. They're really helping to step in and fill a major gap in an area that's largely been unexplored. So Rebecca, let's start with the numbers and with how many grandparents are providing care and what that's looking like. Sure. Yeah, we were so honored to be able to conduct this survey. We reached out to a thousand grandparents nationwide who provided regular care to their grandchild under the age of five. And we summarized the results. And I think we'll talk a little bit about those today. But nationally, what the census shows is that almost five million children under the age of five are cared for by their grandparents while their parents either work or go to school. And in terms of proportions, that's, you know, one out of four children, which is about the same proportion of children who were in formal childcare settings. And when we talk to grandparents, they tell us they see that as their family role. You know, one of the grandparents we talked to said, you know, as mothers and fathers do, we stepped right in when they need us. We just said, this is what we have to do. 
And, you know, we just find that to be such a powerful support to growing families. And I do want to note, I'll say this at the end as well, but for our listeners, there will be a link from this podcast to your survey and your study. So I think that's a wonderful resource and so rich that you're able to share that. But Althea, I was wondering about the fact that you actually are someone who is walking this walk. Uh, You're a proud grandmother of five-year-old Etan, and your family was featured in one of Zero to Three's short films, Profiling Family families who share childcare between generations. So, Thea, I was wondering if you could describe for us what led you to the decision to help your daughter, Molly, with Eton's care, and a little bit about what a typical day for you might look like. I had Molly move in with me because she couldn't afford to live in an area where they would have a good school, so I actually moved to an area that had an excellent school district, and Eton and Molly are living with me, his mom. Oh, great. Molly does walk him to school, and then in the afternoon, either Molly or I, depending on the day, will pick him up and spend the day with him, and he just, he's really fun. He's really fun to walk home with and he asks if we can get a treat on the way home and then we walk in and he just relaxes and it's it's just nice he'll do homework with me really easily because i'm his mother (laughs) and um, i also watch my other daughter's little girl twice a week lillian who's 18 months but i watch her and just twice a week so it's a little different than having somebody live with me but it's been really wonderful i think we'll always have a very close relationship He goes back and forth to his dad, so it's always a big hug and, you know, I'll miss you when he goes, but it's been wonderful. That's great, because it it really sounds like, well, you say that you only have your other grandchild two times a week. That's still so much more frequently than a lot of grandparents are able to see their grandchildren. And when I think about how rich his life is because you're there and that circle of family and of people who care, because I think it's really tough for a parent to do it alone. So to have grandparents, extended family, other caring adults in a child's life is just so wonderful and incredible and strengthening for that child. So thank you for what you're doing. That's wonderful. The other thing that impressed me about the work, just as Rebecca was describing how you went about your approach, is that so oftentimes studies are about some population or someone, and they oftentimes don't ask people who are actually living in the situation what it's like for them. And I know, Rebecca, you folks went to a lot of work to make sure that you could reach grandparents directly. So I wondered if you could share a little bit with our listeners about some of the key findings you learned from grandparents themselves. Sure. I think, you know, we first off learned, not surprisingly, that grandparents love grandparenting. 98% of grandparents said they absolutely love that role. And 94% of our samples say they love having the opportunity to care for their grandchildren. Among our sample, about eight out of 10 grandparents did not receive financial compensation for their time in caregiving. But they said that the benefits were received in other ways. So for example, they loved the opportunity to see their grandchildren on a regular basis, kind of to your point earlier of, you know, you see them so much more when you're caring for them, getting to influence and shape their grandchildren's early experiences, and really being able to ensure that their grandchildren have the absolute best care. These were kind of the intangible benefits that were so satisfying and fulfilling to grandparents. Grandparents are also really 
confident about their caregiving ability, not surprisingly, because they've raised amazing adults, but about 80% say they're really happy with the quality of care that they provide and that they have much more patience and a clearer sense of what's truly important when they're grandparenting and caring for their grandchildren. At the same time, I think if you ask any parent of a young child, they'll agree Grandparents told us that caring for young children is really exhausting. Almost half of grandparents said they found caregiving tiring, and about 20% shared that it was stressful at times. And, you know, maybe we could talk later, but almost half said that they experienced tension when they're with their adult child or their adult child's partner at some point around caregiving issues. And we find that to be very normal. I know when we did a study with multi-generational families, they talked about all of the benefit, but they also acknowledged that there can be stress, that it can be exhausting, that it's something that constantly has to be tended to. So when you think about what you heard and what you learned from the grandparents, and Althea, you as well as someone who's living as a grandparent who's providing care for her grandchildren, what kind of tips do you have for families that are either thinking about going into this kind of arrangement or are in it and are experiencing some kind of turbulence or difficulty? I think that the main thing is to know that what you're doing is you're spending time with your grandchild so that time is for them instead of thinking about all the things that you might get done in that day. So I find that if I totally dedicate that time to her, it all works out really, really smoothly because that's what she wants. And we just have a great time. That undivided attention that you can yeah, the undivided her. attention and thinking, okay, she's bored with us. Let's do this. Let's go for a walk. If you can make it a fun time for her, I think it's a reward for yourself as well. And same with my older grandchild. If I give him that time, that we have a special time together as well. Great. Rebecca, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think when families are just at the beginning of setting up this arrangement with their parents, they might want to talk through just expectations. So, you know, just pure logistics, like what hours will you need care and on what days? And does that work for the grandparent? I think as children get older and you know, questions about limit setting or screen time or sleep routines or with a, you know, with a baby, napping schedules, things about, you know, picky eating or feeding. Are there certain foods that are off limits or that are allowed? I think talking about those expectations is really important and to kind of keep that communications lines open because things that are issues with a baby, like nap schedules, disappear as they get older, but new issues like limit setting or how much junk food is allowed, those issues will emerge as children age. I think from the parents, perspective, it's really important to choose your battle and know what are the issues that are really important to me? Is it critical that we stick to a nap schedule, but I can be more flexible about something else? That's important for you to kind of center yourself a little bit because this is a relationship and it has to kind of work for both of you. And I think it's also important to check in every once in a while just to see how things are going and to be able to share when things aren't going so well and to ask how can we figure this out together. Zero to Three has actually developed some resources to support grandparents and their adult children have these kind of conversations and they're at our website at zerotothree.org slash grandparents. And then finally, I think expressing gratitude is really important for parents to really recognize and appreciate all that their parents, the grandparents are offering is great for strengthening the relationship and really 
honoring what grandparents are bringing. I really appreciate how practical the tips and ideas that you're offering are, because sometimes it's just those basics. And I think in particular, when you were talking about the fact that you need to revisit, you need to check in, because people's lives change. And as you said, everyone, if they're fortunate, is aging, whether it's that the children are reaching different developmental stages, the adults are reaching different stages in their lives as well. So that check-in and reassessment, I think, is just really, really critical. Kathy, did you have anything that you wanted to share? I would say always keeping the focus on the grandchild and what you want for him rather than what the difficulties of the day might be. And I would also reiterate what Rebecca said from my own personal experience in talking to grandparents as well, gratitude on both sides is immense and people don't always talk about that. When we were filming at Althea's house, her daughter Molly was nearly speechless in trying to describe how much it meant to her that there was another adult there who cared as much about her child as she did. From my own experience, I'm sort of a surrogate grandmother to my sister's kids. And having a three-year-old come up to you in the grocery store and throw arms around your legs and say, Aunt Kathy, Aunt Kathy, or grandma, or whatever the case may be, there really is nothing like that feeling. And that's what we hear from all the grandparents. It's that wonderful infusion of joy, of connection that means so much for older and younger people. So I think that's just really, really terrific. And when you talked about how reassuring it is for the parents, too, I know that seems to be what we oftentimes hear is that they love the idea of having someone they know, someone that they can trust, be that other caring adult in a child's life. So when we think about this, because you also talked about, and I think it's really real, is that people get tired too, or things change in people's lives. And I know one thing that we oftentimes will talk about at Generations United when we are working with our grandfamilies, our grandparents and other relatives raising children, is that they are very good at raising the children, but they need support to be able to do that. And so what do you think that we need to be thinking about as a country, but also at the local level in a state and a neighborhood? What should we be thinking about in terms of how can we support grandparents and older adults who are the child care providers, who are caring for our children? Do you have any thoughts about that? This is Rebecca, and I think, you know, the first thing that that question really elicits in me is something that we've noticed as we've delved into this issue more, which is that grandparents who provide childcare kind of operate outside of all of these systems that we have in place to support family childcare providers. And so it makes it a little bit tougher for programs to identify and to reach grandparents who are providing care. And so what I would say, you know, what we heard from grandparents is that they would really love to meet other grandparents who were also providing care. Some grandparents in our focus groups talked about how they had become a little bit less social because when their friends were going out for lunch or out to movies, they were providing care, so they weren't able to kind of connect with their peers. So I think, you know, designing programs for grandparents who are providing care that they can bring their grandchildren to would be a really great contribution. And I think the way we connect 
connect with those grandparents and find them in the community because a lot of times programs ask us, how do we recruit? Where are these grandparents? I think it's really going to where grandparents already are, like exercise classes at community centers or mommy and me programs at libraries or in community centers, in senior centers or, you know, similar locations in the community. Hospitals often run becoming a grandparent program. So there's a lot of these community locations that we can recruit and connect with grandparents who are providing care. Those are some really great suggestions and ideas. I mean, I even think about when it comes down to the ways that communities are designing their space to make sure that playgrounds have mm-hmm. benches, places where people would be able For to sit sure. and watch the children as opposed to standing there if they feel like they just need to take a break. So there's some simple things that people can do. Althea, especially as someone yeah. who is taking care of your grandchildren, have you thought about the one thing or something, whether it's in your neighborhood or your community that someone could do that would be helpful to you? I think it would be great if grandparents had a park area at a certain time, or not that other people can come, but that they met there at a certain time, like before nap time or after nap time, and just have the kids play with one another. We could talk and they could play. But it really sounds a lot like what Rebecca was talking about as far as an area where you could meet with other grandparents. So Mm -hmm. you have that peer community, that peer support, and then the children have also that ability to interact with other kids who are also in care and run and run and run and you can sit and sit and Mm -hmm. sit (laughs) so it really satisfies what everybody wants and what everybody needs which I think is terrific a lot of our conversation has been around the new survey and report and we've touched on parts of that but I do want to double back and make sure especially Rebecca and Kathy if there's something that you want to be sure that our listeners know about what it is that you learned what you were able to elevate One thing I would just like to touch on is just the reality of the need for infant toddler care. Thank goodness for grandparents because we know that the child care system in the U.S. is really difficult for many families to access. Quality care for very young children is 
scarce and it's Mm -hmm. very expensive with long waiting lists in most communities. And grandparents are really filling the gap in a broken childcare system. And they're doing it by providing the most loving, nurturing care for these children that are so, so very important to them and that they're our future as a nation. Grandparent care is also available during evenings and weekends when traditional childcare programs are closed. And grandparent care, thank goodness, is also available when children get sick, when you can't bring them to childcare programs. Mm -hmm. And so grandparents are a linchpin for working families. And we're so fortunate to have them. When I think about oftentimes children who are in other forms of care, there's more of a choice that the provider has where when it's family, it's family, and you're there. So that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Anything else that you wanted to add, Kathy? I think just how normal it is to not always see eye to eye on every facet of child care. Even in married couples and co-parents, people bring a whole different perspective to child rearing. Things have changed a great deal in the last 20 or 30 years. So having access to information and coming at the job of child rearing with common understandings about sleep and screen time and meal times and all of that, that would make the task easier, I think another really important point. And Althea, do you have anything that you would say to a grandparent that's trying to decide if they want to step into this role? Any advice or encouragement or words of wisdom you'd want to share? I think it's just a wonderful experience, the trust between us and that you know that that child is going to be taken care of well. I feel like they are safe when they're here and they're well loved and just built a really good relationship and a foundation for them. You know, it reminds me of a quote that Maya Angelou had where she talked about the fact that people today seem so easily mowed down, but when they know who their grandparents were and their great-grandparents were, they have roots. They have that solid Mm -hmm. beginning, and they can't be mowed down. They have that understanding Mm -hmm. of who they are, where they came from, and that is such a gift. So thank you. Thanks to everything you're doing with your family, Althea, and the wonderful, wonderful work that you folks are doing at Zero to Three. And as I mentioned, there will be a link to the survey with this podcast. So I would encourage everyone to take a peek and to really look. There's such a richness of information here and such thought-provoking information, too, thinking about what we need to do with policies and practices to make sure that we're supporting family caregivers and child care and our children. So thank you again for joining me today. Thank Thank you. you. And I'd like to thank our audience also for joining us. But you please be on the lookout that later this fall we'll be releasing our new State of Grand Families report, which is going to focus on housing and the housing needs of grandparents and other relatives raising children. So please be on the lookout for that. We also want to make sure that you know that this podcast, you can find it on Apple Podcast and other streaming platforms. And we would love it if you would rate us. And of course, rate us as high as you can. But please do share the podcast. We want to not just reach people that we reach regularly, but we want to reach new people with intergenerational concepts, ideas, and help to build even more support. So I again want to thank Rebecca, Kathy, and Althea, as well as you for listening. And remember, if you don't have anybody young in your life, find someone. And if you don't have anybody older in your life, find someone, because we are stronger together. Thank you. <music>